0: Welcome to the Three Point Stance Podcast with your host, Dave Whipke.
1: And welcome back to the Three Point Stance Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Whipke. we be reviewing week seven action and previewing week eight action as the regular season begins to wind toward the playoffs. Let's get right to the chase.
0: So recapping week number seven, let's start off in Black Hills. Cornell, they were at Fort Cherry.
1: This has been a, a fun conference to follow. Uh, for, for this season of a three-point stance. And uh, uh, Fort Cherry has established themselves as the top dog in that conference as they knocked off Cornell 42-13 last Friday at Jim Gary Stadium on the campus of Fort Cherry High School. Uh, but it didn't come out without a fight early as Cornell, who had lost a close one the previous week to Bishop Canavan, got out to an early 7-0 lead when Khalil Johnson busted off a 63-yard touchdown run to give the Cornell Raiders a 7 to nothing lead that held throughout the first quarter. Uh, but credit the Rangers as they uh, woke up in the second as the underrated Ethan Folletto scoring from 40 yards out to tie the score. And from there on, it was all for Cherry as the do-everything Matt Sieg uh, put the um, Rangers up 14-7 with a 27-yard touchdown run. He also struck again after Louis Ryan intercepted a Raider pass and brought it back to the three-yard line. Uh, Sieg went in and plunged in from there to give him a 21-7 lead. Fort Cherry took over as they took a 28-7 lead in the halftime, and they um, they cruised on home at 42-13. to uh, Give it up for the Rangers as they are looking stronger and stronger in single A. They right now are 5-0 in conference. 8 0 overall. Cornell falls to 3 2 in conference and 6 2 overall.
0: Over the Century Conference, McGuffey was at Keystone Oaks.
1: McGuffey getting revenge for last year. They lost a heartbreaker to Keystone Oaks at home last year. This year was different. The game was at uh, Dormont Stadium. This time, McGuffey, they built another rather sizable lead and they hung on. They built a nine point first half lead ended up hanging on in the fourth quarter to edge out Keystone Oaks, 16-14. The win keeps McGuffey at 5-0 in conference, 6-2 overall, and they are alone in first place in the conference as the Highlanders are currently sitting a half game ahead of their rival Washington Prexies. McGuffey forged an early 9-0 lead in the first quarter. They scored a touchdown off a bad snap on a Keystone Oaks punt. That led to a safety. And on the ensuing possession, Connor Crow for the Highlanders raced 65 yards for a touchdown. It gave McGuffey their 9-0 lead. Keystone Oaks closed with a 9-7 when Nathan Rohe picked up a McGuffey fumble and returned at 60 60 yards for a touchdown. McGuffey pulled back ahead 16-7 when Charles Wagers scored on a one-yard plunge following a long Logan Carlisle punt return. But Keystone Oaks got back into it off a De- DeMayo Leconte three yard touchdown run. But McGuffey ran it out in the fourth quarter when they blocked the field goal. And on the pos- their next possession, McGuffey just basically took the ball and ran out the clock. The key play on that drive was a five yard run by Connor Crow on fourth and three from Highlanders 49. And from there, the Highlanders were able to kneel it out and they took him a nice win on the road.
0: Tri County South, West Green was at Beth Center.
1: The West Green pioneers keep on rolling as they rolled into Fredericktown and took care of a pretty strong Beth Center squad, 37 to 12. West Green moves to 4 and 1 in conference, 6 and 2 overall, while Beth Center falls to 3 and 2 in conference and 3 and 5 overall. Johnny Lampy was a score star for West Green. He scored on three short touchdown runs that do everything. Colin Brady added an opening 84-yard kickoff return for a score. Beth Center was able to get within 22 to 6 in the third quarter when Jonah Susan ran three yards for a touchdown. But West Green turned out the lights when quarterback Lane Allison hooked up with Parker Burns on a 24-yard touchdown pass. Ethan Varesco, who two weeks ago rushed for 438 yards in a win over Bentworth, scored on a 14-yard run midway through the fourth quarter to pull Beth Center within 30 to 12. But uh, that was pretty much it as West Green turned out the lights at 37 to 12. Billy Whitlock finished with 151 yards on 16 carries for West Green. Varesco was held to 76 yards on 18 carries for Beth Center.
0: Another Tri-County South matchup, California, they were at Carmichael's.
1: Yeah, California moving one step closer to winning the Tri-County South as they defeated Carmichael's 58-13 on the road Friday night. The Trojans improving to 5-0 in conference play and 7-1 overall. They'll host Beth Center this next week, and they'll close the regular season at Bentworth. Spencer Petrucci and Jake Lehu, each scoring two touchdowns for California, who built up a 24-0 lead after the first quarter. Ambrose Adamson caught a nine-yard touchdown pass from A.J. Donaldson, and Malachi Peak scoring on a two-yard run for the Mikes, who fall to one and four and two and six overall.
0: In non-conference play, Uniontown was at Waynesburg.
1: Uh, Waynesburg had a bit of a stretch in the middle of the season when they lost to McGuffey and lost at home to Wash High, but they've seemed to have right into the ship as they defeated Uniontown 38-6 in non-conference play at Waynesburg High School. Braden Woods was the, the big man on campus for the week as he ran for three touchdowns. Uh, Jake Stevenson threw the first of his two touchdown passes at 9-48 the first quarter as Chase Fox pulled in the 13-yard reception for a 6-0 lead. Jake Ricciuti also caught a 13-yard touchdown catch from Stevenson to give the Raiders a 13-0 lead early on in the contest. Union Town's Adrian McClee got his team on the scoreboard after pulling in a 58-yard reception from quarterback Cam Jackson on a halfback option pass with 621 remaining in the contest. Too little too late as Waynesburg is now sitting at 6-2. Overall, in 2-2 two and two in the Century Conference.
0: And now, for a Century Conference matchup, Washington was at Charleroi.
1: This was never a contest from the start, as Wash High took care of Charleroi, 67 to nothing. At Charleroi's Myron Patio Stadium, the Prexies had 408 yards rushing. Eddie Lewis rushed for 166 of those and scored three touchdowns, with teammate Tristan Reed was four of nine passing for 100 yards and one score. Xavier Willis caught a 29-yard touchdown reception from Reed in the first quarter, and Brody Coomer made the second of his seven, yes, seven PATs. Uh, Treshawn Porter scoring on short runs of one and two yards. Caden Cook got into the act for the Prexies as he had a five-yard touchdown run, and James Carter scored on runs of four and 24 yards. The Prexies are four and zero in conference and eight and zero overall.
0: And now over to the Big Seven, Laurel Highlands. They were at Trinity.
1: Stop the presses, because the Trinity Hillers are going in the playoffs in Quad A. They did not have a malaise after beating Thomas Jefferson last week, or should say two weeks ago. They took care of Laurel Highlands at home, thirty-eight to seven. Trinity now sits at five and three overall, and three and two in conference. And they scored on all six of their possessions. In the first half, for a 38-0 lead at the half, and you know what that means. The clock ran continuously in the second half. Dante DiRubo, for the Hillers, pulled in the first of his two touchdown receptions from Jonah Williamson at 8.23 of the first quarter. And Andy Palm connected on the first of his five, yes, five extra points. Andrew Durig, who's had a nice season for the Hillers, caught a 39-yard touchdown pass from Williamson at 10.57 of the second quarter. Rubo caught his second touchdown pass in the first half, and Nico Morrow added a one-yard touchdown run to extend Trinity's lead to 38-0 at the half. Quarterback Jonah Williamson finished 14 of 20 passing for 182 yards. He also added 63 yards rushing on eight carries. Teammate Luke Laycock caught four of those passes for 65 yards, while Mr. Durrig gaining 64 yards on six attempts. The Hillers are going to the playoffs. What a tremendous season they've had so far.
0: And let's talk more Tri-County South. Um, Jefferson Morgan, they played host to Manesson.
1: Jefferson Morgan also having a sneaky good year as they defeated Manesson 46-12. Wide receiver Deacon DeHowett caught three of those touchdown passes and returned a kickoff for a score. Uh, DeHoet ca- caught scoring passes of 68 and 25 yards from quarterback Houston Guestman in the first half then took a wide receiver screen 80 yards for a touchdown in the third quarter. For the game, DeHowitt caught six passes for 192 yards. Quarterback Guzman finished eight of eight passing for 206 yards and three scores. Both Manesson touchdowns came off kickoff returns. Tim Kershaw returned one for 86 yards for a score in the first quarter, while Tyvon Kershaw brought another one back for 83 yards in the second quarter. Jefferson Morgan's Colin Biscaglia Rushed for 107 yards on 13 carries. Don't sleep now, but the Jefferson Morgan Rockets are sitting at 4-1 and in conference and 5-3 and overall.
0: And another Tri-County South game, Mapletown. They were at Bentworth.
1: I know we're not supposed to root for anyone here on the 3-Point Stands podcast or anyone in media should be rooting for any particular team, but uh, this result kind of warmed my heart. Uh, Mapletown getting back in win column. Um, they defeated Bentworth 38-36 to on Friday night in Ellsworth as both squads combined for nearly 900 yards of offense. Both teams scored five touchdowns, but the difference in the game was that Mapletown was able to convert their four two-point conversions, including one with 6.56 remaining. The Maples led 16-7 uh, before Bentworth re- re- rallied to tie the game up at 22 at the half. The Bearcats went ahead 29-22 to in the third quarter on a five-yard touchdown run by quarterback Batali Daniels, who also rushed for 126 yards on 17 carries. The quarterback also completed nine of 14 throws for 163 yards and three touchdowns. Bentworth stayed in front for only 13 seconds, however, as A.J. Venata from Mapletown threw a 61-yard touchdown pass to Brock Evans. Evan Griffin ran in a two-point conversion and put the Maples up again, thirty to twenty-nine. Griffin added a three-yard touchdown run with six fifty-six to play, and Vanetta tacked on the conversion run that made it thirty-eight to twenty-nine and basically put the game out of reach. Uh, you got to give it up for the Maple Town Maples; they were a mashed unit just a couple weeks ago, but. They got back into it, and they are now sitting at 1-4 and four in conference, 3-5 and five overall, while Bentworth sits at 2-6 and six overall, 1-4 and four in conference.
0: In the Black Hills, Our Lady of the Sacred Heart was at Avella.
1: Speaking of a mass unit, Avella had a game uh, canceled, or should I say postponed on them earlier this year due to injuries. They were able to take the field this week against Our Lady of the Sacred Heart. And they did hang tough, but uh, they just came up short they, they lost 29 16 Friday at home. Uh, the Eagles of Avella, Isaiah Braddock, uh, scored on a one yard run and ran in a two point conversion to get Avella back within the contest at 23 to 16 with 5.21 remaining. But Olsh responded with a scoring drive that was capped off by Brandon Brazell's 15 yard touchdown run with 146 remaining, and that put the game out of reach. Uh, Brazil also scored on a four-yard run in the second quarter, while Patrick Altmar con- converted on the first of his two point, attemp- point after attempts. The Eagles, however, even though they're one and four, they are uh, struggling along in conference, but they are three and five overall. Um, they're hanging in there, and uh, hopefully they get uh, get things together, maybe win a game or two before the season ends. Here, as uh, um, Charles Rush also added a nine-yard touchdown run. And Cole Jaworski uh, was able to uh, throw a touchdown pass to Nate Rankin. And um, the, the Eagles hung tough all night, but unfortunately they just could not get over the top in this one.
0: Then let's talk about non conference. This was your three point stance game of the week. It was Peters. They were at Mount Lebanon.
1: And Peters Township, the heavyweight of 5A, rolled in a 6A Mount Lebanon. And some people thought this could have been a contest, it wasn't. The Indians took care of Mount Lebanon, 42 to nothing. The highlight, or should I say the headline for this game, is their Peters Township defense. They held Mount Lebanon, a 6A school, with 6A athletes, to 10 yards of total offense and two first downs for the entire ballgame. What a performance by the Peters Township defense. Uh, quarterback Nolan DeLuca for the Indians, he was strong as well, completed 15 of 19 passes for 269 yards. Nick McCullough scoring two touchdowns uh, of 69, of 44-yard passes from quarterback DeLuca. Vinny Sarcone got in the action with two short touchdown runs, and Reston Lehman got a 39-yard interception return for a score before the end of the half. Quarterback Chris Sabrone come on in relief in the second half. He threw an 18-yard touchdown pass to Dominic Sirianni for the final tally of 42-0 over Mount Lebanon.
0: And another non conference matchup, Upper St. Clair. They were at Cannon mac
1: Yeah, this is a heartbreaker for Cannon McMillan. Uh, they had a two score lead in the second half against Upper St. Clair, uh, but their offense just could not stay on the field. They ended up falling 24 to 17 in non conference play. Uh, Upper St. Clair's Ethan Hellman, uh, his five yard touchdown run gave Upper St. Clair the final points they needed in in their win. Uh, quarterback Mike Evans, um, not quite ready to return for Mack. He was not in there as uh, Ty Genesma was starting quarterback for Mack. was able to get the Big Macs out to a 17-3 lead going into the fourth quarter, but they just couldn't hang on as the Canamack defense was seemingly stuck on the field the entire second half because the Canamack offense really couldn't do much of anything. Uh, Gino Calgaro did his best. He did pick up a blocked field goal. And race at 80 yards for a touchdown that gets the Canamax some points on the board. But they just they just could not uh, keep the offense on the field. According to Coach Mike Evans, uh, they're banged up. Um, right now they're two one dimensional offense. And that's not gonna that's not gonna help you when you're playing a quality program like Upper St. Clair. Um, Ethan Hellman, as I mentioned earlier before, his twelve-yard touchdown pass to Charlie Bawalowski was 17. Nineteen left to play, got the game tied, and then of course he scored the five yard touchdown run late to give Upper St. Clair the winning margin. Canonac's gonna have a tough road to hoe with these last two games coming up against Peters Township and at Mount Lebanon. Yeah, check that. They'll have they'll be home against Mount Lebanon in week ten. Um, for Canon Mac, I should say.
0: Any final thoughts on the recap of week number seven?
1: Peter's Township still looks they look unstoppable right now in five A. Uh be interested to see what happens when they get into the playoffs. Uh, they got a couple tough games left, but I, I don't see the, them losing either one. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to the McGuffey football team. They are—they uh, have recently shaved their heads to honor their uh, athletic uh, trainer, Alexandra Houck, who's been there for 11 years. Uh, she's right now dealing with breast cancer, but the, uh, the, M- the McGuffey football team decided they would uh, – Honor their athletic trainer by uh, uh, shaving their heads as uh, uh, to show support for their longtime athletic trainer, who's who's part of the McGuffey family there. So I have to give it up for the Highlanders for that, and they're having they're having one heck of a season. Uh, looks good on them, and uh, we'll see how they do coming up as they have a big game coming up this week against South Park.
0: Now previewing week number eight. Let's start off with non-conference. Ken and Mac they are going to be at Peters.
1: They were one-time conference rivals, but now uh, since Canamack sits in 6A and Peters Township sits in 5A, it's simply a, a backyard brawl of uh, local bragging rights. Uh, Class 5A top dog Peters Township will be at home. Uh, I know uh, Coach T.J. Plack is looking forward to this one. As he mentioned to his team after the game against Mount Lebanon, say, so, hey, we got, boys, we've got a big one coming up. Enjoy this one tonight, but just know who's coming to town next week. I mentioned earlier before Peters Township is only allowed twenty-seven points all season. Uh, if you do the math math there, I think they're averaging let's see, seven weeks, twenty-seven points. About three and a half points a game. Not even. Um that, that's impressive. Canamac is having a solid season of their own, even though they lost last week. Running back Zach Welsh is gonna be is good, needs to be contained by this Peter's Township defense. Uh, quarterback Mike Evans. are going to hope to get him back. I think both defenses are going to show up. Uh, I know we've talked about how great the the Peters Township defense is, anchored by defensive lineman Jake Velgic, Franco Muscatello, uh, linebackers Anthony Vaccarello and Rustin Lehman, and then quarterback Elliot Schratz, who had an interception last week. But the Big Mac defense will not take a back seat. they got Delaware recruit Caden Singleton at defensive end and tackling machine Gino Calgaro uh, at the ready. So I can see this game being a pretty low-scoring affair. I look forward to covering this this week.
0: In Tri-County South, Jefferson Morgan, they are headed to West Green.
1: It's going to be a battle for second place in the Tri-County South as West Green and Jefferson Morgan will look to get it on at West Green. Jefferson Morgan quarterback, Houston Guestman, was a perfect 8-of-8 eight eight through the air for 206 yards and three scores last week. West Green, they like to do their damage on the ground. They're going to have Colin Brady and Billy Whitlock, Uh At the ready, Whitlock, who finished with 151 yards on the ground last week against Manesson, while uh, Mr. Brady, he's sitting right now fifth overall in the Whitfield with 1,086 yards on the ground. be a battle of uh, different styles here. Uh, Jefferson Morgan seems to like to throw the ball a little bit, and West Green wants to run it. We'll see which style wins out.
0: And in Week 8 for the Century Conference, Keystone Oaks, they're going to be headed to Wash High.
1: Wash High is going to look to stay undefeated and avenge last season's loss to Keystone Oaks. Washington looks like they're ready to rock and roll. They beat Charlotte last week 67-0. Keystone Oaks had a battle last week with McGuffey losing by two points to the Highlanders. Uh, Quarterback Tristan Reed has thrown for 821 yards and eight scores in the season, while Keystone Oaks will counter with DeMeo LeConte He's their bell cow as he's rushed for nearly a thousand yards in the season with 10 scores, but don't sleep on the wash high ground attack as Xavier Willis and Ruben Gordon like to get it done on the ground as well. I think wash high gets it done setting up a big, big matchup in two weeks when wash high and McGuffey get it on for the century conference crown.
0: And in non-conference McGuffey, they are headed to South park.
1: I said it once. I'll say it again. Coach Ed Dalton has McGuffey rolling. They've won five in a row. But they're gonna have a stiff test as they travel to AAA South Park and non-conference play. Mentioned earlier, McGuffey won 16-14 last week over Keystone Oaks, and they're coming around just at the right time. Quarterback Connor Crow leads the Highlanders wing-T attack as he likes to spread the ball around to a multitude of different ball carriers. While South Park comes in as contest with a 6-2 overall record, they're gonna to look to strengthen their profile heading into the postseason. Last week they shut out Hopel 35 to nothing. These two used to be in Century Conference play until South Park moved up to AAA, so these two programs are still rather, rather, um, I'd say, familiar with one another. Some other games to keep an eye on are Beth Center at California, Mapletown at Manesson, Fort Cherry at Carlington, Lindsley at Trinity, and Novella at Burgetstown. We'll be reviewing Week 8 action, and then we'll be previewing Week 9 action. For the 3 Point Stance Podcast, I'm Dave Ripke.